Riley, the recording has um, started and we are admitting all participants. And with that, uh, this meeting, good afternoon, everyone. This meeting is um, pursuant to section three of executive order N-29-20 issued by Governor Newsom on March 17, 2020 and executive order N-8-21 issued by Governor Newsom on June 11, 2021. Everyone is joining this meeting telephonically and it's been recorded um, streamed through Zoom and it's broadcast live on the city's website. Um, with that, I uh, extend the floor to Chair Riley. Thank you to our city um, Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this August 2nd EDAC meeting. It has been two months since we met I hope you all have been having an amazing summer. Uh, it's just fantastic to see the community really enjoying our great town. Uh, some of the events happening, especially uh, Jazz by the Bay. Uh, super to see the chamber offices doing so well. And congratulations on the grand opening. Uh, there's just a lot going on. Um, and I know that even though we didn't meet last month, Many of you have been very active, and so I thank you in advance and look forward to your updates today and great progress. I do want to share that um, Saucedo Currents just came out with a notice that uh, beginning tomorrow, uh, we have to go back to wearing masks indoors. Uh, it's going to be a county uh, requirement. Um, so just a public service message to those of you on the phone or on the, on the meeting. Um, with that, Serge, I would like to ask if you could do roll call for us, please. Of course. Um, EDAC member Lelaine. EDAC member um, John Duray. Here. EDAC member uh, Rachel Danielle. EDAC member Scott, uh, Scott Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Scott, yes, I'm here. Uh, EDAC member Chris Gallagher. Here. Teresa Ancona. Here. Malcolm Morgan. EDAC member Walter Lemmerman. Here. EDAC member Monica Finnegan. Here. EDAC member Don Daglow. Here. Vice Chair Cass Green. Here. And Chair Tom Riley. Here. Thank you. Uh, and I do. I did receive notice from Malcolm Morgan that he will be arriving late. Uh, good news for him. He is on what's called a sea trial, which is typically the last thing you do before you sell a boat. And uh, so not only good for him, but good for our sales tax revenues. Um, so we hope he does well. Um, we have a, a great agenda today. I thank our council liaisons for helping with input on the agenda. Uh, in quick summary, um, we hope to have an update from our city manager uh, on the financial plan, the things related to EDAC. Um, we are going to talk about the, the diversification, diversification committee is going to talk about uh, the enforcement work that they've been pursuing. Hopefully we get an update on parklets and the street closures. Then uh, Julie Myers, one of our guests, and Mike Langford, are uh, gonna update us on Parks and Recs, what they're doing around events. 
and what we have funded to get done in the coming year. Then discussing new event ideas that um, one of our subcommittees has been working on to complement the great work of Parks and Rec. And finally, we'll wrap up with an update from uh, Scott Thornburg and the CDA marketing team on the, the marketing programs that we want to pursue. So I just want to ask if uh, any other comments on the agenda? Are we good to go? All right. Um, first, we're going to start with public comment for items that are not on the agenda. And so uh, if you are in the public and you have a comment to make for items on the agenda, please raise your hand. At this time, is Julie, are you raising your hand? Yeah, okay. I am. I just want to let everybody know that if you didn't see it on KTVU Channel 2, Sausalito was featured on Friday. And if you haven't seen that, there is a link if you go to KTVU Channel 2. And they broadcasted for an hour um, here in Sausalito in Gabrielson Park. So that might be something that everybody wants to take a look at. That's exciting. Thank you, Julie. Great news. Okay, at this time, we will close public comment for items not on the agenda. We're going to move to, uh, in the agenda, was linked to the minutes from our last meeting. Thank you to member Teresa and Conant for preparing minutes. Um, if there are any comments on the minutes by members to or corrections to be made, uh, please uh, speak up. I'll make a motion to approve. I'll second. Um, I did actually have one uh, correction to the minutes. I apologize, I should have said up front. Um, Bob Lalon is shown as a alternate member in the minutes, when actually at that time he was already a member appointed by city council. So um, if the minutes could just strike that alternate, it would be more accurate. Okay, I'll go ahead and make the correction. Sorry about that, I didn't realize. Thank you, Teresa. Um, I didn't realize at the time as well. So um, that was uh, corrected afterwards. I was made aware afterwards. Um, so with that correction, can we have a motion to approve the minutes? I'll still move that with the correction. I'll second. Thank you. So um, I will take the roll call. Um, member John DeRay? Uh, yes. Member Scott Thornburg? Yes. Member Chris Gallagher? Yes. Member Walter Lemmerman? Yes. Member Monica Finnegan? Yes. Member Don Daglo? Yes. Secretary Teresa Ancona? Yes. Vice Chair Cass Green? Yes. And I as chair, yes. I'm just confirming that we haven't had any additions. Uh, Bob Lalon, Rachel Stout, or Malcolm Morgan are not joined yet. Okay. The minutes are approved. Uh, we'll move on to our first business item. Uh, and I'm excited to share that as a committee, 
uh, we like to recognize members of the community that have gone out of their way to really have an impact on the community. Um, and whether it's in their volunteer role, professional role, uh, we think it's an, a great uh, opportunity to recognize those individuals. And uh, we discussed in this past, but I would like to uh, pass the baton to Mr. John Daglow to share uh, our recognition that he'd like to suggest. Thank you, Tom. And uh, we've had some discussions in some of the subcommittee meetings and we've relayed via email. And I'd like to uh, put forward as a, an EDAC award nominee for this month, Julie Myers of the city of Sausalito, uh, who is part of the Parks and Recreation Department when activities and events were approved by the city council so quickly got jazz and blues back up running again, got other events running. And we were all just very impressed with that. It uh, impacts both the, emo the emotional and spiritual side of town, as well as our economic benefits and the uh, taxes and so on. So for all those reasons, we wanted to nominate Julia Myers for that role. I'd like to just make a comment. I find her to be very plucky in how she goes about getting things done. <laughs> I had to look up the definition of plucky, but it does uh, fit. Um, uh, but before I just, um, are there any other folks that members of the committee would like to nominate? Uh, and then what our process will be is uh, have a vote on, uh, see if we can get down to a single nominee and have a vote to affirm our committee's recommendation. I'll second Don's uh, nomination. All right, I saw a lot of virtual applause. Um, I've never seen Mike Langford look so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, well, look at Julie, all happy to plucky. <laughs> so um, we have a nomination in a second. So um like to take a roll call of uh, the EDAC members to recognize Julie Myers for her tremendous work uh, bringing our community back together. Um, and so we'll go through uh, the roll call now. A member John DeRay. Yes. Member Scott Thornburg. Yes. Member Chris Gallagher. Yes. Member Walter Lemmerman. Yes. Member Monica Finnegan. Of course. <laughs> Member Don Daglow. A very plucky yes. <laughs> Member Teresa Ancona. Yes. Member Cass Green. Yes. And myself, yes. That is a unanimous vote. <laughs> Bob Rachel's on now. You can get her vote as well. Oh, um, okay. Um, let's capture that Rachel has joined the meeting at this time. Um, and Rachel, did you hear our last discussion? I did, and I also vote yes. Now we are completely unanimous. Um, congratulations, Julie, and thank you, Julie, so much. No problem. Um, thank you all. And I'll I think show the you. The liaisons I, I, also vote yes. Even though we don't get a vote, we also vote yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will capture that too. All liaisons voted yes. Um, Thank you. 
Congratulations. Julie, it is amazing the impact you have had on the community. It's uh, uh, rallying. And I told you at the last Jazz, I don't know how you pulled it off and got all those bands lined up, and banners, and sponsor tables. It's uh, You are very plucky. You just get things done. I do. Thank you very much uh, for acknowledging my hard work. I appreciate it all. Um, okay, we're going to move to item 4B, which um, I'm hoping that our city manager, Chris Zapata, is on the phone and can provide us a update from the city on relative to the EDAC request. Mr. Zapata, are you with us? Okay. I, I met with him earlier today and he mentioned to me that he had a meeting with the mayor uh, this afternoon okay. and maybe where he still is. That might be. So what um, a number of us did have a meeting with the city manager and I don't have my notes in front of me, but I, let me just play back um, what he shared with us. Um, first off, we had requested $325,000 of investments that the city makes uh, this coming year to focus on um, projects, events, and relationships that um, can improve the city's economics. And that was a lot of our work we did early in the year, um, planning to come out of COVID. Uh, he shared with us that 100% of our requests were included in the budget. And uh, off the top of my head, um, the first and the largest was to streamline the permit planning process. And all that requests there were funded. Um, he has assigned uh, our former city clerk, Heidi Scoble, uh, to the community development department to drive some of the changes there and we'll be engaging with her. Um, but that was one of the areas that we had requested. The second, oh gosh, I know my notes with me, but the second was um, $50,000 towards um, events that we could collaborate with Parks and Rec on and uh, the Chamber. And so we'll have an update today on some of the events we're recommending. We'll start figuring out how we allocate those funds. The next one was the funding for the marketing program which Scott Thornburg is going to give us an update on today as well. Uh, and then we had um, $10,000 allocated to partner with the chamber on Visit California, a state-funded program, and we'll work with the chamber on encouraging people to visit Sausalito. We also had $10,000 allocated towards uh, the Love Sausalito Fund, which goes towards helping uh, small businesses that are struggling to stay open. And I think that captures um, all the financial requests we had. And I thought it was um, just, it, it's a true honor to all your great work that the recommendations that we put forward to the city uh, were accepted 100%. It one of the most difficult budgeting cycles. And I think a lot of it is because, you know, our, our investment ideas are you know, should pay for themselves and should pay for themselves in the year through increased revenues via business license tax and sales tax and TOT taxes. And so that's what we need to make sure that every one of these dollars that's getting spent by the city that we're helping recommend drive uh, is getting a, a return on investment. 
and one of the things we should be tracking. So um, that's the general update that we heard from the city manager. Um, I I see uh, Monica has her hand raised. So Monica, if you have comments, uh, please do raise your hand. And I'll ask the uh, council liaisons if I left anything out also after Monica's comments. I just, I just wanted to uh, comment, as you all know, we've been tracking some of the permitting uh, challenges that are currently uh, working their way through the city. And with Heidi's movement to the CDD, um, she has helped execute and push a few things forward. The Hotel Sausalito, I think it was last week, received uh, approval through the Historic Preservation for their um, project, which includes doing some renovations to the storefronts and working with the two tenants that they have in tow. Uh, their next step, it would be September meeting for the Planning uh, Commission, hopefully. And Heidi was very helpful in working with Lily on getting everything put forward on that, in that regard. And then just this last week, uh, Heidi also made some uh, assistance with 819 Bridgeway. Uh, their permit was, for some reason, stuck somewhere. And she was able to investigate, and that permit got issued uh, last week. And that owner is extremely pleased, as is uh, Pete Petri from Hotel Sausalito. So that is working out really, really well with uh, Heidi's background. She really seems to know where to dig and how to find things. So I just... I think that's important to note. That is an excellent update. Thank you, Monica. And I also know that um, a new gentleman was hired into the CDD that came from San Rafael. Um, and a lot of uh, city managers focus is on hiring additional staff uh, because our current staff is so overwhelmed and understaffed. And so it's good to see some of the movements uh, and actual progress on the projects. Um, may I ask our council liaisons, did I cover everything from that discussion? Anything we left out? No, um, Chair Riley, that was excellent. And I'll just also add um, even more momentum. I, I know that the new city manager is extremely focused and excited about economic development. We've had several lengthy conversations about it. So I just want to thank you all for your hard work and let you know <clears throat> we have a real advocate and, and visionary on staff now to, to aid with that. And then also just second, Monica's comments about Heidi. Um, if you don't know about Heidi, she has a very long history in planning, was a Marine County planner, was the head of the planning department in Ross, um, is very, very good at moving things through and really understands different fee structures in streamlining. And so I think, um, again, that's a real great addition and help, helpfulness uh, for this committee. So um, thank you for everything you guys are doing. And I'm glad to see we have some real you know, horsepower on the staff side too. And the only thing I'll add to what Janelle said is that uh, since I did have the luxury of talking to the city manager this morning about this very topic, he uh, and is not. And since he's not here, I'll say what I think he's he, which is he welcomes uh, the committee in whole, or you, Chair Riley and uh, Vice Chair Green, to speak with uh, Heidi and convey any particulars about how you imagined uh, that role facilitating the goals that EDEC laid out uh, directly. So if you'd like to supplement her contacts with that, you're welcome to do so now or at any point in the future. Um, so the city manager made that as a clear uh, invitation if you wanted to do that. Great. Great. That's here. 
the city clerk just uh, sent out a text that uh, city manager is with a resident uh, and will be joining us after that resident. So he has his priorities in the right place. Um, and one of the things we should do as an EDAC, and this is uh, for the CDA team, um, after we meet with um, Heidi and understand, you know, some of the, the great progress that can be made around the permitting processes, uh, we should figure out how to get the word out to the businesses that uh, we're making progress um, and, uh, you know, do a little bit of marketing around that, uh, that we are, you know, driving the change that the business community was hoping we'd make. So uh, all good news. Okay, one thing I have to always remember is I need to ask for public comment after each of these business items. Um, I did not ask for public comment after um, our community recognition, uh, which we um, recognize Ms. Julie Myers, but let me just take a moment to see if there's any public comment on item 4A. And if there is public comment, please raise your hand in the chat window. Okay, um, there is no public comment at this time. Um, I'd now like to see if there's any public comment around item 4B, which was the discussion we just had around um, the financial investments that the city's making this year based on EDEX recommendations. If there's public comment, please raise your hand in the chat room. Very good, at this time, there is no public comment. Um, okay, we'll move on to item 4C. And one of the things that we were asked by council was to um, come back with recommendations on enforcement around zoning and use permits. Um, we asked the diversification subcommittee to uh, work on that. Um, and they began discussions back in June and so we'd like to have a discussion now about the status of where they're at on that and what their plans are. And so with that, um, Mr. Walter Lerman chairs the diversification subcommittee and I'll hand the topic over to you. Thank you, Chair Riley. <clears throat> um, so uh, the diversification uh, subcommittee or task force um, is the newest of all the subcommittees. And as uh, Chair Riley uh, described it, um, is vested with looking at uh, economic diversification. So what we saw during the um, pandemic were that businesses that are um, tourist or people related, you know, with retail, uh, didn't do very good because of the shutdown. Uh, but the city of Sausalito didn't do that bad considering that we had other businesses that were not retail related or did not, did, were not as, as as adversely affected with the shutdown as those that were. So that creates some sustainability. But one of the secrets to that success was that there's a number of, of industry types, business types that are uh, in the city, marine, light industrial, artist, applied arts, office, there's, you know, retail, um, hotel, you know, and, and tourist related. So we had that kind of a big portfolio of uh, different types of businesses. And so part of the 
the uh, magic uh, of the people before us was that they uh, zoned uh, certain uses in in areas, and so we were going to look at the Marin Ship area because just it, geographically it was easier to put our arms around. And so, what we were going to do initially was to take a look uh, at the Marin Ship by doing an inventory of what businesses were there, what was the type of business uh, business that they're there, and what was agreement or, or you know, use permit if you will and try to see if if uh, these businesses compliant compliance with um, you know their their uh, business licenses and, and occupancy permits so there was a guy by the name of Albert back in 2011 uh, who was an intern for Lily I believe uh, who actually did a full inventory of the marine ship and it was a, quite a project and he completed it did a very good job so we thought rather than creating the inventory from scratch, we would take Albert's work and just simply update it. Um, we've had some difficulties with um, getting the elements that we needed to get that started. For example, um, the, I guess the, the inventory is, is on an Excel spreadsheet. And so it would be nice to get the Excel spreadsheet and then also with some authorization so we could go out and look at uh, and talk to the businesses to see what 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 is they're doing and how does that relate to what their um, their uh, use permit states. And uh, so we I guess we began requesting that back in April, but we nothing has happened since then. And uh, I see that um, uh, Chris, our city manager, just jumped on. I don't, I don't mean to put him on the spot, but maybe he might have some information to share on where we are in that. Um, secondly, though, uh, I learned that the um, uh, four of the parking enforcement officers were um, given uh, another role, and that was to actually do um, enforcement, um, um, zoning and uh, enforcement uh, at a half of their time. So that would give us two full-time equivalents uh, to uh, be out there doing enforcement and not just the enforcement that we're talking about, but all sorts of other kinds of enforcement. Uh, I'm not sure where, where they are on that, but one idea might be that they could actually help us with the inventory because they do have, you know, the equivalent of two full-time equivalents that, that might be able to do the inventory. They don't need a badge. They, they don't need um, authorization because they already have that by nature of their uh, primary role. So that was one thing that we had talked about to get this going. If we don't get the information from the city, um, we would have to start from scratch, which would take a longer amount of time uh, to put together than just picking up from where uh, Albert left off. So what I have is I'm gonna share my screen if I can um, to just the one slide uh, and I've never done this before in my life. So let's see if I could, oh, here it is. Okay, great. And let me know if you see this recommendations from economic diversification subcommittee. Does everyone see that? Yes, we do. Oh, good. Okay. So what we would like to do in the meantime, we have to talk about what, what kinds of actions can we be taking while we're waiting for this information to come from the city. And by the way, when I'm, I'm, I want to be brief on this because I'd like to open this up to um, 
you know, both public comment and also comment from EDAC and get your ideas about this. Uh, so I'd like to engage uh, the EDAC committee. Uh, so as opposed to being a one-way communication to the, the EDAC is really um, an exchange and as to what, you know, people think we should be doing. So one of the recommendations that we'd like to put forward would be to identify those businesses that, that um, not having business licenses. So there's, so we're required, and I myself have a business license in Sausalito for only because I have an ADU of all things. Um, but, but all businesses are required to have a business license and that's a, a significant source of revenue for the city. So we'd like to, to see what businesses are, do not have a business license by comparing um, the data of businesses by occupancy permits. So you businesses have to have a permit of occupancy uh, we'd like to compare that to, um, to to the list of business licenses to, to identify who doesn't have a business license. Uh, other uh, recommendation we have is we uh, would like to have the um, enforcement actions uh, and resolutions reported uh, perhaps on a quarterly basis just so that we could, you know, we could bring to the, the forefront what's going on with enforcement, help us understand what types of enforcement issues are there? Are there quite a few or there not much of any? And, and the kinds of results help us give us a, a broader idea and understanding of what enforcement's all about. Um, because I don't think we've done, we've been that good at doing that in the past and it's kind of a new thing. So we wanna kind of see what is there? Is there a backlog or is it current? You know, just all the, and we thought by having a, uh, some kind of a reporting, would help us really understand, you know, what it is we have. Um, one of the uh, uh, task force members also uh, would like to have the, uh, uh, the the diversification task force involved in in new occupancy permits, and just so we'd have some input into um, into the occupancy permit before they're approved. Uh, just, you know, for uh, just for help us understand, and also to make sure that that an unauthorized use doesn't um, be approved, if you will, because that could very easily happen. It's, it's a, not a complicated um, uh, scenario, but it's, but it's somewhat technical. And I'd like to then, and John DeRay uh, has been a part of this uh, more heavily than I have. So, you know, John, if you wanna uh, share uh, some insight on any of this stuff, and then we can talk, uh, you know, internally within EVAC, uh, any, any ideas people have regarding you know, the inventory. Sure. Uh, thanks, Walt. Um, yeah, let me give a little bit more background here. Um, so this whole, this approach forward is predicated on, I think, doing this inventory that Walt mentioned. Um, and, you, you know, it, it's been a bit frustrating because uh, there are really three things that we need. I, I, I think Walt mentioned them. Number one is it would be great to get this database that was created 10 years ago. Uh, we asked Albert, Albert said it wasn't his, it was a city, so he didn't keep a copy, he just gave it to the city. Um, number two is um, uh, Albert is willing to uh, do a lot of this legwork him, himself and the, our subcommittee will also uh, work on this, but he said it was essential that he needs some kind of uh, badge or identification authorizing him to do that. And third thing was basically sign off from our city attorney um, authorizing this as well. So um, this, this is kind of the, the starting point. And 
I actually sent an email um, to Lily and, and several other people uh, I, on May 21st, June 8th, and July 19th, uh, requesting this information. And um, we still don't have any indication if we're going to get this or not. Um, so perhaps um, the city manager can, can uh, opine on this and give us some, some uh, direction on this. Um, and, and so th the other part of it is, you know, you'd be surprised uh, from, from my dealings down in the Marin ship, there are many businesses that operate down there without occupancy permits. And there seem to be uh, businesses that don't have business licenses. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because the city on the city website, um, there is a mechanism where you can do a search on a business for their um, business license. And um, now I understand businesses operate under um, fictitious names or doing business as, but um, there are businesses that you would think would have business permits that is not in the city database. So, you know, the approach is do the inventory, look at each address, an address, a suite that has a business there, should have a business license, should have an occupancy permit, that's the other thing. Occupancy permits are also very much lacking. Um, and uh, I, I have talked to Lily about this um, regarding a couple of particular um, uh, zoning violation uh, uh, forms that have been submitted. Um, and, you know, th th there's some that are, are, are pretty, um, I think, basic, pretty clear cut that, th that there's a violation. Um, Council Member Sobieski, um, uh, submitted a complaint form about a particular place and um, that was on May 1st and we're still waiting to hear what the resolution of that is um, so this is something that I think the city really needs to put some attention to and I think they did great work on the permitting side with uh, Monica and gang but um, we really need to, to get some city cooperation here to move things forward um, and, and make things a little easier for us as we start this process. Hey, John, this is Tom. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that our city manager has his hand up and also Chris Gallagher has her hand up. So maybe we'll go to a city manager and then to Chris. Can we stop sharing the screen so we can see everybody? That would be great. Um, okay, stop. Hold on, I got so many screens up here. Uh, here we go. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Let's see, uh, Chris. Since you're on, why don't we go to Chris Gallagher or Mr. Uh, Chris Sabata? There's Chris Sabata. You're on mute still. No. Well, uh, let me see. So if which I, Chris, I, which Chris are we going to first? Let me see if I can unmute. Um, has to unmute. He's, he's still, he's still, he's still, still um, there he is. He's on mute yeah. now. There you go. Okay. Let's go to Chris Potter and then we'll go to Chris Gallagher. Yeah. I, I, again, I apologize for dropping in late and leaving early. I've got a meeting at three. I got to get to, but a couple of things, um, the inventory, um, that you're asking for, uh, Mike Langford just sent it to me and asked me if it's okay to send to you all. And absolutely. It is. It should be over to you in five minutes. Uh, so that solves that one, getting the database, the, the old one. As far as the credentialing for the individual to go out and knock on doors, uh, we talked about that two weeks ago. 
I gave authorization to just do a letter. Uh, but what's needed in that letter is just to say, this is duration of this authority. This is what this person is doing. This is who authorized it. I'll sign it. It doesn't need a badge or it doesn't need a uniform. It just needs someone with a letter in their pocket that they can pull out and say, uh, I'm authorized to do this. So, so that to me was the quickest and easy fix. I'm not sure why it hasn't hit the ground yet. It doesn't need to go to the city attorney. She already saw that and she was okay with that approach. So that's two things. Um, the inventory, the audit, and then uh, the idea of people being in the area without proper permitting. Um, yeah, that's a problem. I would agree there needs to be some work done. There. What I'm a little hesitant of is that we set up another uh, authorization point uh, in one of those little bullets that said that a certain group from EDAC look at the occupancy permits. Uh, things are going too slow here as we speak. And a lot of people are concerned about that. And I'm not sure that another step to tell us to do what we should be doing would be helpful or necessary. So I'll close there and turn it over to Chris. If anyone has any questions and what I might have missed earlier, uh, I'll try to respond after Chris is done. Chris Gallagher. Okay, so uh, the city manager kind of addressed uh, some of my concerns. I was gonna say, a few years back, uh, the, the VIPs, the volunteers for the police department were asked to go and inventory all the boats in all the marinas as to did they have proper licenses, were they living on their boats, all of those things. And that, that was met with a lot of hesitation and a lot of, you know, why do you need this information and things like that. So I'm happy to hear um, I would suggest not having a badge and or anything that looks like law enforcement, um, especially down here in the Marin ship. Um, I think there needs to be a lot of sensitivity right now because uh, of the homeless camp. Um, a lot of the none of the businesses were contacted or or talked to about placing the homeless camp down here. Um, Everything by the city and all the information that we got was just by reading current or the newspaper or anything like that. So there's a lot of sensitivity um, from business owners down here in the Marinship having now to deal with this and um, just facing those particular challenges almost daily or weekly at least. So I would just say be really careful, especially when you when you're down and around this area um, and use sensitivity. I mean, if somebody doesn't have the proper paperwork, I'm not sure they're gonna be free to say, hey, yeah, I know, I don't have the proper paperwork and so go ahead and find me. So <laughs> I, I just don't know how much cooperation that you're gonna get. And now with the current situation, probably less cooperation than you would have gotten before. So. That's my two cents on that. May I just ask, uh, make a suggestion? Um, Chris, would it be helpful if we draft a letter that um, you can review uh, that would help our team conduct that inventory into Chris Gallagher's comments? I think that letter should also be explicit about what the purpose is so that if someone's challenged, they can show the letter and say, hey, here's why we're doing this. Um, and it's with authority of the city. 
Yeah, and and, and uh, Tom, by the way, I, it it's my opinion that um, we're just doing an assessment. So the purpose of the inventory is not to nail anybody, or I mean, if there's some um, violations that are noted or whatever, they're probably we probably would pursue that later. But I think right now we're just trying to get an assessment of of what there is and and how much compliance there is with the uh, marine ship specific plan for example so um i think if we couched it that way maybe it would be less um you know um softer for, for people to understand the good suggestion walter um i i captured the things that we want to find out one is It'd be nice just to have a business inventory to understand our true diversification. What are the businesses by category? Um, and we can map that to sales tax, business license tax. We also understand where the revenues are coming from, which categories. Secondly, it would be very nice to know what vacancies we have. And much like the retain recruit committee has, is trying to fill the 12 retail vacancies, is reaching out to brokers and working on incentives and arranging for our city manager to meet with some of the prospective tenants. We should be doing the same thing in the marine ship. Let's go find industrial businesses that we want to recruit. Um, but let's know where those buildings are. Let's meet with the brokers, put together an attractive package. So that's the second thing is let's get an inventory of the vacancies and understand what types of businesses we want to pursue as a city for that diversification. And then we do want to look at violations around uses and business license tax. Uh, and I think that was very wise. You know, every, every one of those businesses should be um, compliant and paying business license taxes. And then the final thing is enforcement. And I, I, quite, I don't quite understand what enforcement means. Does that mean we evict people? Does the landlord pay a penalty? Does the tenant, we, don't, we should have an understanding of what enforcement means um but right now i think the inventory can be very beneficial just understanding our true diversification and what vacancies we have and how we can pursue them yeah, and tom um in terms of what does enforcement mean um, you're, uh, it's you were kind enough to ask the planning commission to assign a liaison to to the diversification task force um and andrew um Junius, who's a land use attorney, and he has a great insight into what enforcement can be done and not be done. And it's not about evicting people. Um, it's about identifying violations and informing um, the violators uh, of, of the violation and why. And then um, I believe when they finally changes um, use, then at that point, then there's there's a tickler to say okay this is what the use is intended to be but i don't believe there's there's um i, I think i heard that there might have been one um um eviction but i'm not even sure that's true i i, I don't think the city can do that really it's we're, we're trying to promote business we're not we're not uh, trying to to uh, you know shut everything down well i think you know as we draft a letter for the team doing the inventory we should be very clear what the purpose is in that letter so that uh, people aren't threatened um, okay so I see um, 
a couple of hands up. I'm going to ask uh, Teresa, uh, member Teresa first to make a comment. Uh, then we'll go to Mike Langford and then Rachel will go to you. So Teresa. Um, so actually my comment has to do with the business license. So uh, as everybody here knows, my sister-in-law has the bakery down in the Marin ship and she has been trying to come into compliance with her business license since uh, January. And uh, so on the business license, they're requiring like a WID, which apparently nobody knew exactly what that is, but it has to do with stormwater drainage permitting that the state is requiring. And so she's currently, it took probably about six months to figure out what that number was. And then trying to figure out now how to deal with the state to get the permit, to get the number to file for the business license. So, uh, you know, that is a whole component that is, uh, you know, frustrating when you're trying to be in compliant. And then, you know, we're sitting here in August and it, and it took, literally six months before we could even figure out what that requirement was you know so i think you know if people are not don't have a business license maybe a little further digging needs to be done into why they're not compliant with that yeah thank you Teresa. or even a you know a cheat sheet of what are the things you need to do to get a business license tax right uh, much like yeah. we talked about getting a permit and, you know, here's the things you need to submit. Uh, we, that might be something nice to post on even our city website. Um, okay, so I was going to go to Mike Lingford next. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, yeah, so let's use some different audios. Uh, two things. Uh, the checklist, I believe that there was one created uh, a while ago for getting your business license. I uh, can... Last I saw it was probably sitting in the hallway there in one of the pamphlet things. And then, Tom, you're also asking about a uh, study for where does the tax come from down in Marinship. I uh, believe it was Yulia did a presentation on that within the past two years, if not the past year. And it was very interesting to see how much revenue for the city actually comes from the Marinship. But there is something that's fairly recent on that floating around somewhere that I do believe the Cosmont report also had uh, pie charts on that but this would be just kind of a, a more detailed update of that work um, thank you Mike and thanks for submitting that database to uh, the team um, Rachel with a comment hi yeah hi Rachel um, I'm also on the subcommittee um, can I share my screen really quick yes you can um, so I just wanted to give everyone a quick visual on what we're talking about. So this was the inventory report that happened in 2011. And I just wanted to say that I think there's an element of, um, of this inventory being focused on an update. Um, you know, a decade later, what does the data look like? Um, how many artists do we have? How, you know, how many, how many spaces are being used uh, for storage, vacancies, and so on. So I think that that is a piece of how we wish to approach individual businesses. Um, like we said, you know, there's this element of enforcement, but it's also an element of collecting information. So I just wanted to let everyone know that if you're interested, you can go and find this by Googling uh, business inventory Sausalito, and you will find this report. Or we can um, share it at some point, but I just wanted to give that visual. 
Yeah, that's, that's the one I just sent. Yes, thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Rachel. Thanks for sending it, Mike. Um, I look forward to uh, reviewing it as well. Um, John, before we go to you, um, the vice mayor uh, has a comment. Oh, great. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, subcommittee, for your hard work. I think Chair Riley captured most of the of the additional comments, but um, I just want to mention Councilmember Sobieski and I were actually talking about the tax revenue in the Cosmot report that we get from HDL. And I think, and Ian, correct me if I'm wrong, but that breakdown is a little too generic, I think, for what you all are trying to do. And we were hoping to revisit this actually with the city manager to see if there's a way to get more granular detail about the actual types of businesses that are down there. We've been told in the past that legally that type of granularity can't be released, um, but I think it's probably worth revisiting to really get to the heart of what you're, you're looking at. Um, I also want to mention, um, I love that there's a, a checklist for uh, business license tax. I think what Teresa was probably talking about is something around some odd state requirements. I've never heard of a groundwater permit for something like um, Tara is doing down there. So maybe there's a, an ombudsman equivalent, maybe a tidy around some state requirements, because that seems kind of odd. Um, I think also we'll find that there may be some companies down there that could use um, a little burst of Monica Finnegan energy. And I'm thinking of like a Portside Bakery as an example. Um, they make some of the most delicious croissants you can imagine, but they can't sell out of that location um, because of the different permitting structure. So you can only order online, pick it up. Well, they're here. It could be a cool pop-up downtown, um, knowing that this is a business that exists here, but can't do that business uh, in Marinship. Um, also, I'll just mention um, the Marinship area is really an ecosystem-based uh, revenue generator, meaning uh, if you have industrialists who are within close proximity to one another, artists in close proximity to one another, they really thrive off that interaction and they use each other's tools and equipment all the time. So something to think about in terms of overall mapping. Um, and then the last thing on enforcement, um, I've talked to some members of the police department about enforcement and their concern is that they're not equipped with the knowledge about the zoning ordinance to really be able to make any type of judgment call about zoning enforcement. Um, they can certainly do some type of data review to align a BLT. I need to interrupt. I need to interrupt. Our secretary has lost her internet, so she can't take any notes. Okay. Well, so Teresa is headed down here. So I know it's being okay. recorded, but I just want to let you guys know. Thanks, Julie. Just, so I just want to mention that that whomever takes on the enforcement role needs to actually understand the, the zoning ordinance, um, unless it's just a data review of the business license tax and the occupancy permit. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Um, we'll go to John DeRay and then uh, to our city manager. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I, I, I guess I was going to say what Janelle had said. When Yulia had, had done the reporting, she did it by geozone. Um, so it was not by uh, particular industry groups. Um, and uh, so, so that kind of granularity is something I think that uh, we got out of Albert's report 10 years ago. Now, I just wanted to clarify, I think Mike Langford's, it, I think he said that he sent out that document that Rachel showed, that's not what we're, what we're looking for. We're looking for a spreadsheet that's somewhere at the city, address by address, that we can use and repopulate with the most current information. It's not that report. We, we all have that report. Um, so that's that really- That well, the Excel spreadsheet. Pardon me? The Excel spreadsheet was attached as well. Oh, it was, okay, perfect. We're all set then, thank you. And, if, and okay. there's more information in that folder um, if someone cares to take a look. Okay. 
Thank well, you. One last, thing I'd like, one last thing I'd like to say. I have talked to Novato and San Rafael about enforcement. They each um, do have, Novato has three enforcement officers. Uh, San Rafael has one and they're trying to hire another one. So um, it's interesting what uh, uh, Vice Mayor Kelman said about our enforcement plan, which is going to be done by, by um, the parking officers they're not going to actually do the zoning enforcement. So I guess I'm a little unclear as to how we're going to do enforcement. Um, and, and my other thought is, shouldn't they be collecting revenue from this for the city for their enforcement uh, process? And so I'm, I'm a little unclear as to what their role is going to be in zoning enforcement, or if we're essentially not going to really have somebody to go and actually investigate zoning code violations as they come in um, in our complaint system. What, what I would suggest, John, is let's get the data first so we understand just how big of a problem we have or opportunity, however you look at it, um, and that we can have a future discussion with that data then on what enforcement is required, both on business license tax or occupancy uses. And I also like the recommendation of how do we prevent future violations as new tenants come in. So um, let's focus on getting the data and I think we'll get a, a draft letter that we could have maybe the city attorney review or, or if our city manager is comfortable for us to complete the inventory. And then uh, we come back as a group on what are our actions with that data. We have a recommendation. Uh, uh, I, to respond to that, I think um, waiting perhaps four months to start enforcement may not be the best path forward because it may take four months. That's how long it took Albert to do his inventory. Um, there are some clear violations now. I think you know um, some of them and some of them it's low hanging fruit. So it seems to me like at least we could uh, make an assessment or get some kind of reporting as to where are these officers or where are these investigations? And if the answer is they're nowhere, well, that's, that's information then that we need to know. But if there has been some investigation done, I think we should know that as well. Waiting four months, I don't think is, is really the, the that, best. That's fair. I have a question. Um, what, I, I don't know the answer yet of what enforcement means. If someone's in violation, what, just what does that mean? And um, so if someone has the answer to that, I mean, does it mean that tenant gets evicted? Does that tenant pay a fine? Does the landlord pay a fine? Is it, it's, what does enforcement mean? Tom, the city has enforce, enforcement procedures. They're, um, they're out in the zoning code. And basically there's a, there's a fine system, 100 for the first fine, 250 and then 500. Um, but it's really not so much uh, about fining uh, these businesses. To me, it's about moving forward. Nobody wants to evict anybody. It's just doing the right thing going forward. So except for certain egregious cases, I think, um, I don't think we're talking about issuing fines and doing things like that. It's just going forward. Let's try and do the right thing. That, that's a different recommendation, right? Because that's not an enforcement recommendation. That is a making sure all new uses are compliant going forward. Enforcement is correcting something that's bad and issuing fines or what have you. So that's what I'm trying to get to is what is there a recommendation we're making or should we start with the inventory 
and um, understand what we have to work with and then come back with a plan. You know, my thinking was that we start with the inventory, um, but also I was under the impression we had use of um, two full-time equivalents from the police department that could be used for the inventory because it's gonna be kind of a, a legwork to go around business to business. And um, I, I, our, our subcommittee is small. Um, and I think it would have to be defined who could assist the subcommittee. Could it be members of the community or does it have to be uh, members of the subcommittee or members of EDAC? Because as Chris um, Zapata was talking earlier that there would be a document that these people would carry with them should it be challenged. Um, and so I think we just kind of need to be more clear on who's going to do what and what are we going to do and, and what's the, the end game of the inventory. Great. Thank you, Walter. Our city manager has been very patient. So uh, we'll turn to you, Chris. Oh, thank you. So, so yeah, I think um, going back to Vice Mayor Kelman's question about more granularity, um, yeah, now, it's hard to get numbers, but we can get people, and we should be able to do that. Uh, the audit, to me, it sounds to me like we have a wild, wild west scenario going on out here where uh, we don't know what's out there. For the most part, we do, but we don't. Uh, we don't know who the violators are. We don't know what the enforcement process is in terms of the violators. And, you know, that shouldn't be waiting. That should not be held. My question and what I will do is I'll go back and I'll read um, whatever it is in the new code, the new tax that was adopted, uh, what it is that, you know, the penalties might be and who should actually be in charge of enforcing that. I don't like the idea of a parking enforcement officer being a part of this process. Uh, they, <clears throat> number one, I. I think they have a job to do that they're not doing. Uh, the police department uses them for other ancillary stuff, but but this would be something else, and I'm not sure unless we hired a, another one to offset the the parking officers that we're losing out in terms of hours. So I, I want to talk to Lily and um, Mary about you know what uh, hammers or what tools we have or don't have what the new landscape is because you adopted a new business license. Is that what I understand here? Did you, you, and certain people fall under it. You obviously will have some people doing what they're not supposed to do until they're caught. Uh, what are we doing about that? Who's responsible for it? Uh, so I need to get that in my head clear. But as far as the uh, audit uh, that Mike sent over that you got what you need is what I understand. You have that now? Yes. As far as the authorization, uh, you know, I think it's pretty clear. I'm willing to sign. And I thought I didn't know that you were going to generate that letter. I thought it would be generated by staff. But if you have one that says, you know, how long you're going to be out there, what the purpose is, and you know, it needs to be uh, clear that you know that person is uh, deputized by the city manager. I've already agreed to sign that. So just email that to me, and I'll get that out. But I've got to run. I've got a, a homeless issue. I've got to take care of. Apologize for being late, and uh, apologize for not knowing a lot about Sausalito and what's going on out there. But you all are informing me, so thank you. Tom, we can't hear you. Thank you. Chris, uh, thank you. And we did offer to write the letter because you are our assigned staff person and we know you're very busy. So um, <laughs> send it to me. Great. I'll sign it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, we are kind of right up on our scheduled time um, on this. Before we go to public comment, uh, let me ask uh, 
Walter, do you feel like from this conversation you have enough direction to move this project forward uh, in the next month before we meet again? So I do because we now have the inventory. Uh, Chris, the city manager, has told us that we could carry with the piece of paper that is the authorization. And I think it's just uh, putting it together and organizing that using what we what was done before by Albert. Um, and um, so we get started. And I'm, I'm not sure we're going to get everything done in a week. It, as, as John DeRay had mentioned, it took Albert four months. But at least we'll get started. And uh, we'll learn. We'll learn a lot as we get started. We'll have questions like what information are we missing that we should have gotten and whatever. So it'll come together. So I think, yes, to answer your question, Chair I think we're ready to get it going. Thank you, uh, Walter. Um, and thank you to the Diversification uh, Subcommittee. This is uh, important work for the city. Uh, we are focused on driving diversification and increasing revenues. So at this time, I'm going to turn over to public comment regarding item 4C, which is our discussion on diversification and enforcement. Uh, and at this time, I see Sandra Bushmaker has her hand up. Sandra, you have uh, three minutes. Let me see if I need to unmute Sandra. Okay. Sandra, you should. There you go. Good afternoon, everybody. Good to see you all. Um, I'm really glad to see this inventory progressing. We've got 10 years to make up the difference between the former and the current. And I'm also very um, interested in seeing the non-conforming uses, particularly down in the Marin ship. This has been a concern for many, many years. And I agree that putting parking enforcement officers on zoning enforcement is a big bite of the apple and maybe the wrong apple. <laughs> So, so I, I think that something needs to be done on zoning enforcement in a very meaningful way. Um, now, with regard to the business license tax, I want to re remind everybody on EDAC, I'm sure you haven't forgotten though, uh, that the business license tax objections were raised loud and clear uh, to you, to the city council many times, and I think more than once to EDAC. And once again, the objection was the punitive nature of the measure uh, and the lack of information when the measure was passed. So I want you to know that there's probably going to be some pushback. However, your, the objections you've been hearing are mostly from professional people operating a home business, particularly during COVID. So that really doesn't apply to what's happening in the Marin ship per se. However, it may. <laughs> So I just want to, to um, suggest that, I don't know whether EDEC uh, puts a little more pressure on the city council to take some steps with regards to revisiting the business license tax or not. Uh, but someone needs to get a handle on this. Um, you know, the other option is a referendum and the city council has been through that just recently. And I don't know that that's the best solution, but it is a solution. So I'm just putting that out there as some context for the work that this committee is doing. And just to remember that there's strong community uh, opposition to the business license tax, particularly for professionals operating a home office. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sandra. Um, at this time, let me see if there's any other public comment 
I do not see that. So we are prepared to move on to our next topic. Um, we have uh, Teresa um, chairing the Recover Subcommittee that will provide an update on standard parklet designs and street closures. And so hopefully Teresa made it to the chamber offices is, is with us. Julie, are you on mute, Julie? saying she has not she has not she I has not. realized that she was at home so she's not at angelino's today they're closed so oh okay well let's um report. is there anyone else in that recover subcommittee that can give an update or should we just hold off on this until maybe teresa rejoins we'll hold off on this until teresa rejoins so at this time we'll go to our next item item 4e which is um, a presentation from the Parks and Recs uh, Department on uh, the funding they received in the planned events. And so I believe we're going to turn over to Julie Myers or Mike Langford, which like it's, it's going to be me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Plucky. Plucky here. Uh, I'm going to share my screen. Thank you. Sure. Okay, so um, I've, I've included this basically once the city council approved uh, the budget for all the events, then they all became happening. So here they all are. This is what the city will do for the fiscal year. Um, we've already done July, but I left it there so you guys could see what has occurred. We did five jazz and blues by the bays, and then we did a, a mini 4th of July festivity as well. Um, down at Dumpy, which was a, a smashing success. All of these uh, were highly attended and it, um, the residents seemed very happy to have them back. Um, August, we have four more jazz and blues coming up. And then we have arias in the afternoon, which um, I'm very excited that we were able to pull off. Normally we book the opera singers in January and they were available in July. So I was able to book them in July for the August 15th date. And as you can see, the starting today, um, the tables went on sale and we've already sold four of the, or five of the 20 tables have already been sold. And that's exciting and encouraging. Um, Chili Cook-Off is coming up and the chef registration started today as well. We're doing a huge push through the currents and Julie is helping with the um, the uh, chamber newsletter will be helping with that. And we're doing a press release soon to get, drum up uh, the chefs that we need for chili cook-off. So if you know someone or if you want to put together a chef group, we will love to have you. It's going to be an exciting event at the new Dumpy Park. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Um, in October, we've got our fall citywide yard sale, which the um, Res the booths go on sale starting for residents August 23rd at 9 a.m. Um, for everybody, they will they will not go on sale till September 8th. But on August 23rd, residents can get booths for the fall citywide yard sale. We'll have our outdoor movie night. I have no idea what movie it's going to be. <laughs> we'll figure it out as we go. Um, and then Halloween Sausalito will be back on Halloween, where we have our parade, our trick or treat lane the uh, haunted house and the dog costume contest, which is always my favorite. Um, December, we've got breakfast with Santa and the city holiday recognition party. 
And then we have our Super Bowl, the Soup Crawl, February 5th. That's the weekend before the actual Super Bowl, the football Super Bowl. And this is a, a great event. Last year we sold 300 tickets and had 12 restaurants uh, participating. Um, in March, we've got another outdoor movie night, weather permitting. Um, last year we did it, but everyone had to bundle up, which was great because we all just kind of got to know each other all bundled up in our sleepy bags. Um, April, we'll have our Easter egg hunt. There's a volunteer appreciation party that we'll put on and then a spring citywide yard sale. And then in May, we do um, the Sausalito Wag Dog Festival. I'm a crazy dog lady, as you know. So there's lots of dog things because there's more dogs than kids in Sausalito. So we gotta, we gotta, you know, cater to the dog people. And then in June, we start back up with Jazz and Blues by the Bay, starting June 3rd, all the way through to August 26th. And that's what the city is doing. And I can't wait to partner with EDAC on what they are doing and help to get them to be more involved in what we are doing as well. And so we can build a strong partnership together. Really, that is an amazing list. Um, and to see that list, you know, with just such a short amount of time to do the planning is great. Uh, one of the things is EDAC does want to support your efforts. And when we get to the marketing uh, presentation, how we can, you know, provide some marketing and social media coverage for some of these events. But uh, it's, it's very exciting. And thank you for uh, that great work. Do we have uh, questions or comments for Julie? Yes, Rachel. Hi, I was wondering, um, I had suggested at a previous meeting an event idea. Are we at a point where we're able to still consider other ideas for events or are we, did that We'll do that passed? in the next, Forgive me. In, no, in, in the next topic uh, that'll be led that'll by be there, Monica. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're talking about some new events, additional events. Okay, cool. I could read the agenda. Forgive me. Thank you. <laughs> Any other comments? Okay, Julie, um, tremendous, uh, tremendous work so far. Uh, Arias is gonna be an amazing event. And uh, I encourage everyone here to become a chili chef and enter. Um, and you mentioned twice, and I'm curious, that there are more dogs than children. Is that a, <laughs> is that a myth or is it a fact? I, it's it's a, a urban myth, I think, but it's- <laughs> It's a myth, okay. But if you, if you look around, it, it does you know the what you see does support it <laughs> well maybe we should do a dog inventory and find out mm -hmm. <laughs> okay um so with that uh, before we move on to the next are there any um let's go to public oh i see uh julie vera has a comment please i i just want to remind everybody that julie and i are trying really hard to make a calendar of all events so if you know something that is coming up, please either let Julie know or I know. I'm trying to put as many on the chamber one. She's trying to get one because I just found out that the 4th and 5th of December already have four things going on in, in Sausalito. So uh, if you know of anything, please get it to one of us so that we can cross-reference everything. It's exciting. Uh, we, we will do that. Uh, Council Member Sobieski. Yeah, I just wanted to follow up uh, for consideration and just to hear what Mike and Julie have to say about um, 
the costs associated with potentially extending the Jazz by the Bay into September. I know since we started late, the weather is still good around here. Um, and I know we started late, so I don't know if that's something that's being considered and whether EDAC wanted to engage on the, the topic um, or not. It's certainly not. Um, I don't know what my colleague, uh, the vice mayor, has to think about that, but uh, but it, I know some people have mentioned it when I've been down in the park. They wanted to know if it's going to go on longer or not. Happy to comment on that. Um, we've looked into this before, um, and there are two issues. One of them is it is coming up at 8 o'clock. It is dark. So depending on when the sunset and how late we go, uh, there won't be any lights for the band. We do have lights there that we use to clean up, but they are behind the stage. So when we turn them on, it kind of blinds everybody that's uh, sitting out on the grass. The other issue that we've had in the past is staffing. Uh, most of our staffing are students, and when we get into that time of year, they have to go, they are back at school. And when they are back at school, there's a lot of limitations on how many hours and how late they can work into the evening. And FYI, we did extend by one Friday this year uh, into the Labor Day Friday because the art festival wasn't happening, so I kind of just... Mm -hmm made that happen <laughs> so we are extended a little bit this year thank you uh vice mayor yeah since um Councilor Sobieski gave me the opportunity I'll just say I think that's a wonderful idea and neither of those uh impediments sound insurmountable by any means I I know we have some additional staffing opportunities in the partnership with Marin City potentially um and certainly lighting can be resolved uh, and then we're all looking forward to a fogless evening and that might be the time so i i think it's a great idea the, the other thing that i think um, maybe edac may want to explore because it was part of the budget conversation uh, at the council level is which of the events are, are revenue producing which of them pay for themselves um, and which require an investment and i think that's something that edac should probably have an understanding of and mike did a really good presentation for us at the council level um, so that as we plan additional events we can we can source those and i'll just speak for the city manager here um, he has a definition of ROI, which I think is wonderful, which is um, return on involvement. Um, so, you know, which of these are about engagement and which of these are about uh, investment and both have a huge benefit to the community. And I think, you know, EDAC would be well served to have that information as well. Thank you. Um, Mike, it'd be great to have that conversation in a future meeting if we could. Um, okay. At this time, let me just see if there's any any anyone in the meeting have any other comments. Otherwise, we'll go to public comment. Okay, um, is there any public comment regarding the topic we just discussed about the planned events put on by Parks and Rec? Okay, I see no hands raised at this time. So we're going to move on to the uh, next topic, which uh, Rachel is a great lead-in for as she suggested right, right. Uh, this topic is about um, additional events that members of EDAC ha have been discussing we're trying to narrow down and get some uh, input from everyone here and we've also reviewed parks and rec on additional events we could do to drive revenues in the city uh, and in particular to bring long-term regional visitors regional and overnight visitors to the city and especially in the off season. 
So with that, um, I'm going to turn it over to Monica Finnegan. Uh, thanks, Tom. Um, Rachel, I'd love to hear about your idea. The things that we have Monica? been focused oh, Yes, I'm, I'm showing being unmuted. You uh -huh. are unmuted. We can hear you. Oh, okay. Um, the things that we've been focusing on um, after much discussion with a lot of the uh, retailers and other um, folks in the community is something that we could produce during the down down uh, time. For example, there aren't there isn't that much business uh, in the city during the January, February, March months, or maybe the uh, November, December months after the weather kind of turns sour and things like that. So a couple of the things that we have done some uh, investigating around and have talked before in this meeting is that we are looking and working with Parks and Rec on something around a once a month um, event that's something like a Wednesday Night Live where we would have an artist in a plein air situation or a sketch person or something combined with one musician and they would be sort of posted around uh, downtown and Caledonia. It, it, in some places it's called like a busker where they're outside in a stairwell or opening in the street or on Vina Del Mar Park or something like that. So Julie and Mike and I have been talking about that and we'll probably have more information um, to present in our next meeting. But we do have some artists that have expressed interest and we do have a couple of musicians. So we're just trying to formulate that. One thing I heard from Mike that I'd like to get clarification on since uh, Ian and Janelle are on is that at one point, the city council had requested that some of our funding be used for some events in Caledonia, maybe on a quarterly basis throughout the year. So this would be one of those events because we would really want to um, include Caledonia in this effort. Um, the other event that we have pretty well formulated, which we've talked about before, and it is in conjunction with Parks and Rec, with the Chamber, with EDAC, and with the Waterfront Foundation, um, who's done uh, Winterfest in the past. And we have a schedule of month-long events. Chris Gallagher's on that committee, Cass Green's on that committee, uh, Julie's on the committee, Mike's on the committee, and um, uh, Jim, Jim Gabbard is. We would welcome more of you as we get closer because we do have a lot of ideas um, and we want to repeat an installation of a Christmas tree and some of the other things. I was told that last year was the first time in 25 years the city had a Christmas tree. So I think we should really resurrect that idea. And that Christmas tree, of course, is thanks to Ian and his um, wish for us to have some um, activity there. So that's September and October, November, December, um, January, February, the Wednesday Night Live. January um, or somewhere in that first quarter, Jeff Shiraz is working on a, a restaurant week. So a lot of the restaurants and the retailers could be involved in uh, promoting and inhabiting and embracing the restaurants. And in February, we have looked at and talked about a boat show. This was Tom Riley's genius idea because he is a fisherman, because he has a boat, because Ian has a boat, because Bob LaLanne has a boat. So there's some discussion about a boat show. And I think um, uh, Julie gave us a re referral to someone that um, Tom has spoken with and has some a great moment movement on that. So I'm gonna ask Tom to report on that part. All right, um, the idea behind a boat show is uh, there's actually a boat show in Florida that's held every year 
that I go to every other year and bring my family, get a hotel. It's a destination. And I sat and I looked and go, why would I fly all the way to Florida when we could have people in Florida flying to Sausalito and doing the same? So that was the idea behind a boat show. And then you narrow it down, and it turns out that Sausalito is very well known for its fishing industry. And we have a herring festival in late January. And the idea is, well, why don't we have a boat show that's geared towards the fishing industry? And you would have both uh, boats, uh, the fishing gear, the poles, and the tackle, and the bait, and the clothing, and uh, build an event that fishermen who are very avid about their sport will come to every year. So a brilliant idea. We're not getting any traction until uh, Ms. Julie Myers introduced us to another great talent we have in our city who I just talked to. His name is Tahoe Boaz. You might know him. Tahoe uh, is not only one of our firemen, uh, so he is protecting us every day. Uh, he's a resident, so he lives here in Sausalito, but he also is in the boating and fishing industry, and he's a boat broker uh, down at Clipper Yacht Harbor, and he has aspired to put on a boat show. And so, uh, and he loves the idea of a fishing show, and he loves the idea of doing it in the February, January timeframe around the Herring Festival, um, which I know I see cast nodding would be a great time to do this, right? And idea would be even trying to start this coming February and start small uh, and then grow from there each year. Um, so Tahoe um, is very keen to take on this project and we can provide support and of course have the city lend a hand but it is a lot of work you know it's working with the owners of Clipper Yacht Harbor, Sausalito Yacht Harbor for location and getting merchants but at least we have the initial sparks of um, a potential event that could happen here. So that's that update. I think that's thank a great. You. Yes. Sorry, go. Oh, I was just going to thank you, Monica, for your great work and advancing oh, all this. Thanks. I I think the boat show is a great idea. I know nothing about boating, so I'm so glad that you're helping and we're getting somebody that can focus on it. Before we close off on this section, I did want to ask Rachel to to step up and give us uh, one of the her comment about another event. Um, thanks, Monica. Well, I appreciate uh, all of your work on that. And I have to say, uh, that was part of my idea was I was hoping for some kind of art walk. And I, um, Malcolm isn't here today, but he had mentioned in one of our meetings, the idea of a business walk. And so I'm not I'm sort of still looking um, and researching that as an idea. Um, but I know that in very walkable places and cities that it's becoming popular to have uh, like an art walk, but it's more more focused on general business. Um, so that was my hope, especially around end of November, beginning of December, when people start thinking about gift giving um, and the, the weather sometimes holds. Um, and then also, Monica, I would offer that um, I'm part of the Bay Area Models Guild and am close with many uh, models who do, you know, costume modeling. So if one of the plein air painters wanted to do a model i would be very happy to organize that um, Great. yeah so you're i'll put you on the committee sue everall's helping to find the artist so we'll connect cool all right thank cool. you all right uh, great Councilmember sobieski i was just going to put something on everyone's radar which i think malcolm put on mine which is on september 10th 11th and 12th is the port townsend wooden boat festival so if anybody 
wants to go and get inspiration about some version of that that we could do here i'm thinking about trying to pop up to port townsend that weekend to see what they do and if anybody wants to go um, let me know and we can go together great um, i had a question for monica on your idea of the first wednesdays with artists is there do you envision it's one location one artist one busker or is it like six different locations through town each first wednesday I think um, we're talking about uh, two to three locations the first Wednesday of every month with one artist with one musician. So it would be a team. So you'd have some art working and the musician, you might have the sketch person even sketching the musician. Um, so it would be like, that would be like six people each first of the month. And that you see kind of targeting regional community folks to come to town for that event? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, great. And we need we need a little bit more time to frame it and to get some marketing going around it and that sort of thing. So um, it may not start September 1st, it might start October 1st, but it would carry us through the down months. Great. Uh, John, I believe you had your hand up. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say I thought the, the, the boat show was a great idea, um, as well as the other artist idea. Um, I think we had a boat show about was it about four or five years ago, and it seemed to be uh, successful. I would imagine Malcolm, I know he's not here, but he would love to be involved in this uh, as well, I think. Um, also, I wanted to mention that you know there are a couple of uh, young men who are trying to open a bait and tackle shop. I think Monica's talked to them and some other people. And um, you know, Malcolm and I met with them this past week. They have some challenges uh, getting the space that they want, um, but uh, I think uh, I'm optimistic that they're going to get in there, and they're very sort of community oriented in their approach to a bait and tackle shop, where they want to give classes for kids on fishing and, and just different things like that. So I hope that comes through because it would be a great addition to our community and it would be a great complement to the boat show. Great, thank you, John. And uh, Malcolm was just admitted into the meeting. Ah. Um, okay, um, I don't think this is an item that we need to take a vote on. If everyone is supportive of these items, we will advance them forward and put kind of plans behind each of them um, and then come back with more detailed plans. But each of these events, we kind of need equivalent of a chair in a committee, you know, uh, trying to drive and, and put these together. And so it seems like we have consensus on additional events to collaborate with Park and Recs uh, and kind of feather it into Julie's plan that she shared with us. And again, our goal is to attract kind of regional community folks or overnight visitors uh, and gear it towards days of the week that are slow or times of the year that are generally slow so that we're helping our business community kind of level out uh, their performance. Okay, any other comments before we go to public comment on this item? Right at this time, we're going to go to public comment on item 4F, uh, the four or five new ideas we talked about as events to promote. Is there any public comment at this time? If there is, please raise your hand in the chat room. Oh, and Malcolm came in as our benevolent overlord. So, uh, okay, at this time, there is no public comment, uh, so we'll close out that item.
Um, we're going to go back to item 4D, which is a standard parkland update, which Teresa was going to provide, but she provided some information to Julie, and Julie will cover that topic. Okay. Um, so she sent me a text. She apologized. Uh, she said that she is working on a presentation for the parklet ordinance and that she will have a draft to her subcommittee within the next week for them to review and that they will be making a full presentation at the September meeting, uh, the September EDAP meeting. So the subcommittee can be looking for a report from her within the next week. And that's all she sent me. Thank you. Are there any comments or questions on Julie's report there? Okay, quickly on item 4E, is there any public comment? Tom, did you want me to give a, an update on the Caledonia parklets and what the pilot project, project that's going on there? Um, I think that'd be great. Great, and so I do not make an error. Would love if you would provide an update, Mike. Okay. Um, at the last city council meeting, the uh, council voted to continue mm -hmm. the pilot project with some changes. Um, what's going to be happening is some uh, temporary lines are going to be put down. This is using uh, tape, not just scotch tape, but special uh, traffic tape that is temporary, uh, so it can be removed if, if it doesn't work out. But uh, what's gonna happen is there will be, I'm gonna go right to left, there will be parking on the eastbound side, then followed directly next to that will be uh, northbound traffic will be allowed to flow. And then next to that will be what's called a contra flow bike lane so that bicycles only will be able to drive south on Bridgeway and then next to that um, the where the current parklet is we're going to be able to extend that by about five five and a half feet to give the restaurants there some additional space for dining uh, once that goes in that will be a 24-7 change uh, but it, again it is a pilot project to see how that works out I think it's a brilliant plan, and I think the pilot will work out well. I hope so. So thank you for that update. Any questions on Mike's update? Okay. Um, at this time, we Actually, are... Chair Riley, just a comment for everyone. Yes. For all neighbors and in this community, one of the pieces of information that was missing when the city council was considering this was anything... Um, like integrated outreach to the community there were some letters in support some opposed some comments in support some opposed it, um the charge to staff is to try to engage with the neighbors on caledonia uh and beyond but to the extent that anyone here can um can do their own outreach and develop an opinion uh, we may be asking for edac's opinion in october about what to do with this and uh to the extent that opinion can be based more than just personal feeling, uh, the better. So, uh, yeah. And I know the council has a lot on their plate. If at any point the council wants us to have a discussion in a, on a public forum, we can also do that uh, in, uh, at EDAC. Um, okay, oh, we do have um, 
on this update, uh, we will go to public comment. Uh, we do have someone in the public, Mr. Kevin Carroll. Um, and so, Kevin, you have the floor. Oh, may I have to unmute Kevin? Hang on a sec. Okay. Great. Uh, thank you. Uh, just a question for my couple questions um, regarding the Caledonia, and that is one, when is that um, traffic lane and the parking going to be opened up? Because I noticed it was still in effect this last weekend. Um, also, the permittees uh, still have never notified the residents within 300 feet and they built the parklet in front of the barber shop without notifying them and I'm wondering if that matters being addressed and what kind of time frame there will be on that that's it thank you thank you Kevin um, I also know we have Sandra Bushmaker would like to make public comments Sandra let me make sure you're unmuted Hi okay. there, everybody, again. Just a quick question uh, for Mike. Mike, you were referencing the counterflow uh, bike path, and you said Bridgeway. I'm assuming you meant Caledonia. Yes. Okay, thanks. Thank you, Sandra. Okay, we are five minutes behind the schedule, but we're doing quite well with a lot of content. Uh, we're going to go to our final topic, which is a marketing update uh, presented by C the CDA team and Scott Thornburg. So, Scott, I'll turn it over to you at this time. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, everyone, for, um, for being here. Thanks for uh, letting us uh, provide you an update on some of the work that we've been working, doing. So, um, first things first, um, I'd like to introduce you to, to, for those of you that haven't met, um, I think everyone's had a chance to see Kevin, but just in case, um, Kevin Almeida is the managing director of CDA, um, the firm that the city chose to work with on our um, marketing project. Um, and we're going to provide just a really quick update on, on where things stand and uh, some of the work that Kevin's team has been doing um, and what is left to do and, and kind of where we're going from there. Um, I think my internet may be a little buggy, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk slowly um, and hopefully you can hear me. And if not, let me know. You're coming um, through. So, nice and clear, Scott. Okay, great. Um, so first things first, um, we uh, managed. We did have a, a meeting with uh, with Chris Zapata, the city manager, to talk through um, uh, any some of the the logistics piece of getting the. We were still waiting to get the contract signed. Um, Chris is um, still working to assign us a person, and will most likely. Um, we're waiting to find out who that's going to be, but he's working to find a, a city staff person to work with us to drive this project forward. We think that person is going to be really key um, to making this a successful project. Um, and so we're still waiting on that piece. Um, but while we're waiting on those, I, and, and sorry, one more thing is um, we are uh, still uncovering some of the relationship with uh, Kimber, um, who the city has been working with on marketing and communications. Um, and as we're, we're waiting on some of those things from the city, um, uh, as Chris said in our meeting, he's been uh, drinking from two fire hoses. He's very busy. Um, so we are uh, working with him to get answers on a couple of those things. And in the meantime, um, Kevin and his team have been um, studiously at work um, researching and reading everything that we're sending to them 
um, and building out calendars and plans for um, for things that they'll be doing later in the year. Um, so the uh, the start of that obviously was the tour that we did here in Sausalito, an onboarding tour. Thank you to all of you that pr participated and helped to lead that. Um, it was a very successful uh, day and, and helped give Kevin a lot of insight into the various parts of our city and the various things that we uh, want to promote in the city from both a business perspective as well as for visitors. We also had an opportunity to meet with the chamber, um, with Julie, to hear more about the work that they are doing and to learn more about how we can partner with them in the marketing and promotion of the city. Um, and, uh, and as I mentioned, uh, we had a chance to connect with, uh, with Chris to hear from his perspective. So uh, with that, I'm gonna stop and turn the mic over to Kevin. Um, and Kevin, I would love for you to just provide an update on um, kind of where what we've done so far and uh, from your perspective, what's left to do um, in our initial 30-day um, contract and then uh, kind of where we go from here. Thank you. Thank you very much, Scott. Um, and thank you for everything so far, Scott. You've been, been fantastic, uh, as have uh, as have all of the uh, as have all the volunteers we're working with. Um, would it be possible for me to just share my screen real quick, uh, or it's, it's, it's not necessary? I just sometimes people help with visual aid. Um, yes, I think it would be great. I'll make sure you have the ability to do that, Kevin. I only have about uh, one or two slides to go through. Um, as I think Scott was extremely thorough in his in his recap, so. Um, just going to kind of add a couple of little bits of detail to what he said. You All should right. be able to share your screen now, Kevin. Great. Thank you very much. Okay, so you should be able to see this. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, just off the uh, uh, off the bat, just wanted to mainly just thank all of the volunteers. Um, I literally never worked with a destination that had as much passion from the volunteer standpoint as Sausalito. Every city has its champions and every, you know, every city and town has like people who are really passionate, care about their community, but it, it, the, the scope and the scale of it, the number of people and the amount of commitment during just this initial onboarding process, I have not seen before. So that, that's something that is really, really, uh, not only is it a tremendous asset for the city, but also speaks very well in like your favor and the, the the, the actual appeal of the community to prospective visitors and to locals is just how engaged and passionate people are about the good of the community. So thank you all for giving up your time, uh, especially for the huge crowd of people that was there on my on my walking tour, <laughs> which is like, at least half of people here were there on my walking tour. I wish I had more time on that to get to know everybody kind of individually. Uh, I was trying to balance like taking notes on every business and all the different areas. We'll still get to meet everybody. So. That was what I just want to get out of the gate real quick. Thank you, everybody. Cass, thanks for the coloring book. My four-year-old loves it. Um, you guys have been great. So before anything else, wanted to say that. Um, so if people aren't aware, the way that the uh, contract was set up was we started with an initial scope of work for 30 days. That was going to take us through the that quarter. And then starting with the new business quarter at the beginning of August, we had a 24-month uh, scope of services. Um, there's, uh, during the onboarding process, uh, we kind of uncovered a couple of things that I think Scott brought up when he was giving the overview. Um, and so not all of the deliverables for that first 30 days were achievable for the first 30 days. And what we're gonna be doing is just rolling over those services into the month of August now that we are, you know, uh, things moving forward, as, as, as Scott mentioned, we, we spoke with Chris, um, we got a verbal approval that the 24 service agreement is, is being um, signed or that. So I'm just gonna kind of very quickly go one by one through the scope of services so everybody just knows uh, what, what, is, what is happening here. 
So uh, account management, that's just an ongoing thing. We're uh, just crediting any account management hours right now uh, as we're getting the ball rolling. There's no cost to the city at this point. Um, the CDA familiarization tour was, was completed with myself and a number of you. And once again, really appreciate that. We learned a ton. And the outcome of that was CDA now has a central document that is both kind of a marketing map of the city and the visitor experience that is tremendously helpful in just talking about the visitor experience beyond any individual attraction. Um, we held those meetings that uh, Scott mentioned, uh, and that outcome of that has been uh, some stuff that we produced and something that has come to us uh, from the city, which is uh, a checklist of onboarding needs, different city stakeholders, and a list of local contacts. Um, we are also working right now to kind of, ref and again with, with Julie at the chamber, finding where the overlap is between all of the different uh, resources and people that are working to help the city. And, and working as, as a deliberative bull to map out uh, kind of what the flow of communication is and what areas of focus and responsibilities different people have moving into uh, just marketing for the city. Um, on the planning side, we are now moving into the, the, the planning. We, we, we've talked about what the optimal months are. We've got a list of events. We have a list of possible media contacts. One thing that's kind of holding us up on the planning side that we're still just, you know, in the process of getting, I think Scott mentioned, is just um, some of our permissions to like historical website analytics, uh, existing like library of media assets, uh, and then permissions for things like social media, all the social media platforms, so we can start seeing into there and we can start helping out on social media as well. Um, we'll also be rolling over that initial month of PR and social media services into August. Um, so that's just that's just rolling over. The um, the way this affects the calendar, uh, this is just an updated timeline. Everybody can see here. Um, in terms of what's going to be happening over the next two years. This is a little bit TBD based on approvals and obviously situation with Delta variant and all these other things kind of happening and new events arising we may choose to focus throughout the year on. But um, what this kind of comes down to is we're looking at uh, six to seven months a year uh, in the off season of being the primary focus and the primary focus being itineraries based uh, around kind of milestone dates associated with events to bring people in. Um, and that's kind of where the desire has been to increase awareness and increase visitation has been on those months. So if you'll notice in the 24 months, we're kind of straddling what we're looking at is basically September through March uh, as a key, key focus. So that's that's the uh, that's kind of long and short of it. Um, again, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit uh, preliminary at this point, but we have you know, been able to get the ball rolling and we're really looking forward to now that we're launching into August, um, really start uh, really start getting access and, and really delivering. Thanks, Kevin. And I'll just add one last thing, which is, um, you know, as always, if you have thoughts, if you have feedback, please do share that with us so we can uh, take that into consideration as we're building out the plans. Um, we definitely want to make sure that um, that everything that we're, we have CDA working on is really reflective of all of what the city is is doing right now. So um, again, appreciate all of the thoughts and feedback that you've shared with us to date, um, and and definitely send that my way if you have uh, additional thoughts or, or um, recommendations. Um, so I'll I'll open that door. Scott, and with that, I think we're okay. I'll, go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom just had a, a comment, and Scott, we've discussed this in the past, I think with Kevin as well. It'd be nice uh, at some point as we look at each month, the investments we're making, some ROI analysis of tracking 
So, because this is really the first time the city's making this kind of investment in marketing. Mm -hmm. And we want to build the case that we're getting the right return uh, from these investments. Um, and so it'd be nice to come up with some kind of report or scorecard on the investment we're making each month uh, tied to these programs and events and tracking the impact we have. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, agree. I think there, there are a couple ways that we, we talked about doing that. One is looking at the value of earned media coverage that we're able to get through PR. Um, so that's going to be part of the ongoing quarterly report that we have. And then another one is, I think uh, uh, it was brought up that Chris Chris had mentioned, I don't think he mentioned this to me, but that the idea of return on involvement, I love that term, um, but it's also looking at just exposure uh, and the impact we're gonna have on that. I'll give you just a quick specific example, looking over Instagram, just one channel. Um, there has been you know a lot of like really attractive content coming out, but there hasn't been a real big emphasis on Instagram reels. Uh, as a format, Instagram Reels right now is what they're really trying to push with the algorithm. Uh, it's actually seeing several times higher uh, organic reach and exposure. So just like little things like digging into the creator we have, adjusting it to social media, we're, we're looking at probably multiplying the organic exposure we're getting on that channel just by changing the format, right? Um, and so that's another thing we can look at as well as how many, how many people are we reaching? How many impressions are we serving through um, through these efforts as well, in addition to obviously paid media as a kind of a separate piece. Thank you, Kevin. Um, I see our vice chair Cass has a comment and then also our vice mayor. So we'll go in that order. Thank you. Um, hi, Kevin, great to see you again. Hi, Cass. And Scott, thanks for all your work. Um, I wanted to make sure somewhere in there, and I don't know if it's part of CBA's contract or not, that we do some marketing to residents. Um, because I think there's a misconnect in between the businesses and the residents in the city. And I think uh, we need to market, the Economic Development Committee needs to market to them so that to the residents so that they understand the importance of business revenue tax um, or business tax revenue, how important they are to the city of Sausalito. So yeah. I don't know if that's part of the plan, but I, I'd love to see that in there somewhere. Yeah, that's something, well, Scott, I don't know if you wanted to answer that, but uh, I'm happy to answer that. Um, go, ahead, we, go ahead and start and I'll add on. Okay, great. Yeah, that's something we had, we had definitely talked about. Um, and I know that was something that even in our initial, like last winter, our very initial, that was a, a concern that a lot of people had. Um, one of the areas that we, we can look at for that is looking at in, incentivizing, right? Like educating the public is, is great, but incentivizing them is, is, is really strong because then you start changing habitual like behaviors. Um, and one of the things we've explored, this is not technically within the, this particular item isn't within the scope of CDA's uh, contract. This is just a recommendation of the city is to look at um, some type of in uh, uh, e-gift card program or in-city currency. Um, uh, several of our other uh, clients do this and it's essentially no costs to the city to implement. There's some labor hours obviously involved. The CDA wouldn't be involved in like in this at all, but like it's, um, these are platforms that really incentivize local spending, right? Because if uh, you know you have a program that is essentially a gift card that's accepted at any participating business city, very very simple to onboard, very uh, very again low cost and uh, high return. And the nice thing is you can then incentivize you know city employers or you can encourage people to give you know gift cards to each other around the holidays, which would probably be you know good timing for launching something like this. Um, and then you're just ensuring that those dollars stay local. From a visitor standpoint, if if a visitor gets that, then they're more likely to have a return visit, right? So it's it's a it's a real positive low investment thing for the city that uh, is 
I, I, I would highly recommend. And the flip side benefit of it is not only is it keeping local dollars local, but it serves the kind of added benefit of educating the population because in part of promoting and driving awareness of this program, part of the value for locals is the value to, you know, those dollars going back into their city infrastructure as opposed to going through Amazon and then you never, this, you know, the local community never sees them again. Um, and so it kind of just goes hand in hand. If you have something that is creating value for locals and educating them about that program also educates them about the value of just shopping locally. Um, I like your ideas uh, very much. And I think encouraging local expenditures is something we really want to do. But there's, there's something more important, which is part of educating. Um, it is I think that many residents of Sausalito don't understand that half of the, the tax revenue coming into the city is is out of business taxes. I think I'm right on that number. And just some way to get that word out, uh, besides just encouraging local purchases, that's different than people, you know, welcoming uh, business expenditures and businesses in sure. the city. Sure, 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 yeah, they, yeah. Because they create a lot of the, the revenue for services that the residents need. Right, right. Sorry. This is Sorry. Tom, I'll share one thing. Um, Abbott Chambers has agreed to provide an EDAC section on his Sausalito Currents. And so that's the probably the best way to get to the you know, 3,000, half of our residents. Um, we just need help authoring what we put into the Currents, uh, but he's willing to do that. that. Thanks, Tom. I was exactly about to mention that. That's so great. we have, we, we were brainstorming a, a list of ideas of, uh, of different types of businesses that we can recognize um you know and lots of lots of things but we have a list of ideas um abbott said he's willing to let us you know put in a regular uh a regular uh column if you will um we just need volunteers for helping to write that so um we we've had a couple of suggestions but if you're interested definitely let me know and we can get started um as soon as possible as far as that as far as abbott is concerned he's happy for us to do it at any time he said um, he's offered this to other committees in the past and they don't always take them up on it. Um, but I think it's a really good opportunity for EDAC. Uh, most of, I think most residents subscribe to the currents. So that would be a good one. The other one is um, even as uh, CDA builds out our social media channels, um, I, I would hope that all residents are, are you know, following the city on, Sausal on, on Instagram and things like that. Um, that's also another great way of just um, as, we, as we begin using those channels more and building out the audience um, on that. I think that's another great way to, to what I would call internal marketing, uh, to do internal marketing with the city. Hey, Scott, one, one idea is why don't we do a monthly EDAC column in the currents? And at this meeting, we can just share the three or four topics we'd like in that month's column, get some input, and then, you know, try to keep the two or three topics, and then we can write it publish it and then come back next month in that way we all can we're not missing opportunities because we have enough yeah. you know we can talk about the hotels the restaurants that we can talk about the marine ship businesses uh in each of these um monthly columns i love that okay uh, our vice mayor scott on on writing you know something that's just general even about here's how important the business tax revenue is to the city so I, I volunteer Thank you. All right, Vice Mayor, thank you for your patience. Yeah, thank you everybody. And Kevin, great to meet you. And Scott, huge thank you for taking this on on behalf of EDAC and shepherding this through. Um, 
So Kevin, I'll be honest with you. Um, this is the first I've heard of a 24 month verbal agreement um, for your services. So I'm just wondering um, what members of the city council have you met with in your scoping process? Uh, in, the, in the scoping process? In, in, uh, yeah, who have you met with on the council to help articulate the goals and objectives of this program? Uh, on the council specifically, uh, I, I met with uh, city manager Chris Zapata, um, and we met with, I'm going to go through my list here, I apologize, I'm still getting the names to face this here, uh, council member uh, Sobieski, I remember, uh, was has been has been present, and uh, uh, Mike, uh, I believe, we also spoke, uh, and I'm going to have to duck back into my, my notes, because I had a lot of yeah, meetings yeah, last winter no, as well. No, yeah, no, no worries, I, I didn't mean to put yeah. you on the spot. Um, I'm, I'm just going to make the suggestion that you line up some meetings with uh, members of the city council, because when it comes to the council understanding the program, getting behind it, and being able to support the budget, um, everybody will want to be on the same page, um, and also you know, dictating some of the policy recommendations. Um, and I think a big part of that could be just kind of a cheat sheet around the goals and the KPIs. So Chair Riley had suggested really making sure that you link your, your efforts to actual um, production and, and revenue. And so I was just curious about your, um, your your work plan. I think you mentioned increasing visitation. I'm wondering about how much of your work plan is focused on increasing spend per visitor. Uh, specifically, uh, the, the way we're looking at that right now is about kind of placemaking. Um, and in terms of increasing spend, that's been a big part, right? The high impact, uh, low value visitor uh, and, and how to avoid them, right? Uh, the, the, the general high-level strategic approach to that is that during our discovery process, one of the things that we kept hearing uh, from everybody was that lots of visitors are, are coming and they don't know what to do. So, for example, a lot of uh, businesses in the chamber, they have put together these wonderful itineraries. You have so many passionate experts just on this call right now who know all about the wonderful things to do in Sausalito. But... A lot of people here are aware of you know one specific business or one specific uh, feature that they're coming for, and they don't know how to fill a day. Uh, or worse yet, they're coming over the bridge to take a picture and then going back, and they're not spending money. They're just blocking traffic, right? So really, the the uh, you know at the high level, the strategic uh, approach we're looking at is based around itineraries, and it's based around how to stretch a lunch to a dinner, right? Or how to how to how to fill a weekend. So that people aren't coming to Toledo going, well, this is a really neat place, but I don't know what to do here, right? This looks pretty, but I don't, I don't know how to fill my day. We want to get ahead of that kind of proactively and, you know, say, hey, if you're going to, you know, maybe you've, you've found out about this one attraction, but here's what you're going to do before that. Here's the meal you're going to have. Here's where you're going to go to spend money. Here's where you're going to do shopping. Here's the, maybe this is your anchor event or activity that you're trying to do. And then here's how you're going to have dinner at the end. And just making sure that there's this kind of end-to-end -end picture um, both for day trippers and for you know weekenders and overnight people that that it's basically kind of extending length of stay and then giving them ideas of how to spend money. So I'm I'm going to recommend strongly, Kevin, that for the purposes of the council review, particularly around the budget, mm -hmm. that in addition to sort of articulating the journey of the visitor, that if you can yeah. link it to spend, I think that's really important for us to understand because mm -hmm. to Cass's point, although sales tax is an important component of our budget, the amount that it the amount of spend increase that we would need to even pay for your contract is substantial and we want to make sure that we're more than covering that right and so that's the important analysis not necessarily just how much but how much more we can make 
Um, the last thing I think would be really helpful to see, mm -hmm. I'd be interested to see what your target personas are and what demographic you're targeting. So for example, I mean, Instagram is a much younger persona, potentially yeah. much younger than you would use in Sausalito. And I'd, I'd love to see us um, uh, obtain the data that you're using for your target personas so that we understand who you are looking at. But if you could also present that to the EDAC, I think that would be really helpful information. So um, uh, I, I would be happy to present that um, just in the interest of, you know, the, the kind of the time involved in that, that, that a lot of that information is, is included in documents that have been shared uh, already to date with uh, other people that we've met with in the past, uh, going back a few months now. So um, it's relatively simple to, to share that information. Uh, if I had a list of kind of in interested parties, I'd be happy to, to pass that along. Um, if we're talking about doing another presentation for review, I would just like to get a little bit of kind of clarity on what the milestones would be. No, no, yeah, yeah, not at all, Kevin. I, I just okay. want to put, put you, you, your organization and EDAC in the best position to mm -hmm. move this forward. And I'm just, there's some gaps for me in understanding it. And so I want to fill those gaps right off the bat so that we can move this forward and really get the resources we need to continue to build our tax revenue base. So sure. Yeah. That came up, yeah. I, I want to be, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead, Scott. Let me jump in really quick and just say too, I, I think an important, one important step that we probably missed here, um, Vice Mayor, is um, CDA was selected, you know, a couple uh, in 2019, I believe, was when we, we did the RFP process. And we've been going through this um, process with them and getting them onboarded for uh, a few weeks. And I don't think they've had an opportunity to meet with the full council or to, or to talk with other people on the council um, outside of Ian, who, who was able to attend um, the, the familiarization tour. So if we have an opportunity to do that, I think that would be really good to your point. Um, they, it's really important uh, as our leaders of the city that we're able to incorporate any feedback that you have. So um, let, I'll, I'll follow up on that, um, taking that as an action item and, and we'll get something set up. Um, and, and the other piece to your um, comment about tax revenue, I think that is absolutely something that we, we have to track and we will be. Um, and Kevin, Kevin's team will not have access to the city financials. Um, so we're hoping that when we have that new city staff person, that they'll be able to help bridge uh, bridge that gap for us and, and provide some of the data that we sorely need. Um, and then lastly, related to um, the personas, we do have a lot of that in the proposal. I'll make sure that gets circulated with this whole group so that everyone can see that. Um, and if we need to set up a call to go through that again separately, uh, we, we absolutely can. And Vice Mayor, would it be useful when we have a kind of an EDAC endorsed 24 month plan with CDA that we come forward to city council and present that? Um, to be completely candid, I think it would be important to get city council buy-in or familiarization before it is presented. I think that's the best case scenario for having ease of adoption at the council level, um, particularly on something of that duration. I think it would be best if there was some familiarity around it before we receive the staff report and a recommendation. Okay. And is that recommended so to help uh, the CDA team? Is that five separate meetings then with city council? Um, you know, I, I don't know that it needs to be five, but I, certainly as a liaison, I would love to be able to say, I know exactly what's happening here. Um, and I fully support this because I know exactly what's happening. And so my apologies, I felt a little bit at, at a loss because I didn't, um, and I, I want to be in that position so that we can move this forward and Ian and I can make the recommendation to the full council. Yeah, I, th Absolutely. I think that would be great. Uh, if we consider maybe Ian and Janelle in a combined meeting 
with our subcommittee and CDA, just kind of going through all the material that's been presented, the objectives, personas, the ROI stuff that we've requested. I know there's been some work on, um, and the overall objectives. I think that would be good so we have council representation when we're looking to get the 24-month plan approved. Okay. Um, all right. We're now behind schedule Sorry, a bit. Tom, I, I yes. see Walter has his hand raised too. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. I can't get everyone on one screen. Um, uh, but Walter, please. And I'll try to be quick because I know we're running out of time. Um, when I purchased these kind of plans, uh, programs in the past, um, the, the real payback, the ROI is over time. So you, you build a, you know, the um, engine, if you will, and then it becomes all about search engine optimization where there, you have a lot of traffic, you know, a lot of interest and, and that type of thing. I don't believe that this ever pencils out to have a positive return on investment for a city because there's no way that in order a successful program, the cost is always going to exceed the sales tax on the services and goods that are sold. So it never, so you think about, um, you, you have this and people come, they buy dinner for a hundred dollars and the sales tax on that is, you know, $8 and 75 cents or what, whatever it is <clears throat> that, so I, I don't believe, and that's why I was asked a question about metrics earlier. Uh, the metrics can't be based upon revenue because it's not a revenue positive program for the city it's a revenue positive program for the merchants for the people who are featured and benefited and that type of thing but my concern is going back to vice mayor kelman's question her original question is uh the period of time my understanding is when i've done this is you you have this upfront cost you build this and then you basically have to get a lot of interest and a lot of um, uh, feed into it that raises the, the, you know, the, 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 the key, the key words you're using, uh, in a search engine optimization. And if you abandon that, you lose everything you've invested in from the beginning of time because it just, you know, atrophies. So that's not bad because th there should be people who, who uh, benefit by this. But I think what I'm, my question is, is who's going to make a financial commitment long-term to really maximize what's being built today. And I don't think that's a city. I think that's has to do with someone with businesses or whatever, because the city's not the best buyer of this service. It might be like what we're doing now, initially get it started, but if we don't have some kind of long-term commitment of spending and to keep this, this program um, humming, then, we lose, we lose everything we spend on, on the front end. So my, my question long-term to EDAC and to the city council is who's going to buy this program? And, or is it going to be something the city puts money into till the end of time? And the city needs to understand that they will never recover their money from this, this thing, because you're only talking about, you know, uh, TOT, uh, sales tax. And I don't believe there anybody has ever made any kind of analysis to prove that those taxes are going to exceed the incremental taxes are going to exceed what the cost of this program is. I don't, I'd be very surprised if that would ever happen. And I was in favor of this knowing that that was the case. So, but my question is what long-term, because if Kevin's talked today about the two year commitment or whatever else, what commit and who, by whom? So that's my question. And I think that has to be answered by the city council 
um, certainly by EDAC, but I don't believe that we can just, you know, give Kevin a false belief that this is going to go on and on from the city of Sausalito because I'm not sure that's what we agreed upon. Let me, let me, there's a lot packed into that. So let me, let me just start a little bit by saying, you know, my, my career is in public relations and marketing. So we don't have time on this call to prove out um, and, and discuss all of the ways that PR and marketing supports um, the revenue of an organization. Um, destination marketing, which is what we're talking about here, is its own category within that. And uh, proving economic impact is, is a challenge. You're absolutely right. It does not mean that we can't do it. And it does not mean that the initial spend that we're talking about here will not be paid out in, in kind down the road and in a variety of ways. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna set that aside for now. We don't have time to, to dive through all of that on this call, and I'm sure others will have, will have thoughts too. But um, to address your second concern about um, long-term dollars and long-term investment here, I agree. I think the city needs to be thinking longer term outside of the next two years. Um, I don't know, I wasn't here for um, the, the initial RFP and, and why the city um, went down this, this initial path. Um, I do realize that the city has, uh, you know, they have a lot of accounts, social media accounts, communication needs, um, websites and, and, and things that they need help with. And they don't, there, there is no one on the city staff currently that is managing any of that except for Abbott doing the currents. So um, they need help is the short answer and, and CDA was was chosen to help with some of that and to help drive um, revenue into the city through a variety of ways. Now, do we need to think beyond the next two years? Absolutely. But also coming out of a pandemic, we're focused on doing what we can do now to drive as much revenue with this, this investment as we can um, and, and to build Sausalito uh, to, to help the city become uh, more financially stable in the future, the next two years, that is the goal, so that they can then make an informed decision and can make some decisions about what the future looks like. Um, I, I don't think right now we can be planning five and 10 years down the road. Um, we need to kind of deal with what is here and what is now. Um, so there's a lot that we can still do now. And then if the city wants to um, tack on additional dollars or um, you know, add on additional things that we want to do beyond the next two years, that's absolutely something we should consider. And I'm sure that the, the city council will want to discuss that and pick that up later. Um, that's all I'll say for now. And I, I see uh, Tom, I'm going to go to questions. I see Cass has her hand raised. Yeah, Cass, we should go to Cass. Um, Malcolm, I, I have to tell you, I completely disagree with you that this, um, or Walter, I'm sorry, <laughs> that, um, that uh, that what we're doing with CDA, I, it will increase business tax revenues. And I think it will substantially because in our off months, all the retail, all the restaurants, all the hotels are basically empty or they're 30% occupancy or 30% use. So there's a huge capacity to be able to attract more visitors into Sausalito during those off months and increase the business tax revenue to the city. And I think it's substantial. The differences in between now when we are absolutely booked, and I love this time of year, and January are huge. So there's a huge capacity for Sausalito to take on more visitors. And I, we shouldn't just you know focus on visitors by any means, but there is a huge capacity there. And Sausalito has a lot to offer. I mean, it's beautiful in the winter. And if you're in Chicago where it's snowing or some horrible you know, other place, um, Sausalito is a great place to come to in the middle of the winter 
and that will drive business tax revenues. And I'm, Cass, I'm absolutely yes. convinced that it will more than cover the cost of this contract. Then, then so, pencil the numbers. So the Economic Advisory Council needs to have somebody who can run the numbers. I appreciate what you're saying, Cass, and I hope you're right. But I don't believe if you do the numbers, the sales tax and TOT tax are not going to exceed the cost of this program. So, and I disagree with you. I hope I'm wrong, but then do the numbers. Let's do a spreadsheet that proves that I'm wrong. No one's done that. Not uh, CDA. Do a spreadsheet that proves that I'm wrong. Huh? I put that person back on you. You do a spreadsheet that proves that I'm wrong. What I suggest, the best way to do this is as we go program by program, drive assumptions to really measure the return we're getting. Yeah. And um, if we get the approval on the two-year contract, which I think we have approval for in the, in the budget, at least it's in the budget, um, if we're going to extend it another two years at the end of that, it has to be fully justified. Now, I will challenge you that we did a tour of the Marin ship because we want to market the Marin ship. If we recruit one new successful business to the Marin ship, we cover the cost of this contract, right? Because a successful business can drive more than $70,000 in sales tax revenue and business license tax. So it's a very successful one. So it's not just people showing up and buying lunches. It's building up Sausalito as a destination for great businesses that produce more taxes. And that's driven by lots of people spending money here on various... And, and Chair Riley, it doesn't have to be... Um, it doesn't have to be cost. I mean, we, we don't have to make money. It, it's to be decision that that we out, outlay the money for this this and to, to do what everyone's saying. I'm just saying that we need to be aware of whether or not it is. That's all I'm saying. And and someone's done an analysis on that, so we're all going forward with our with with the hope and prayers that that this is that this is going to be paid for. Something. And I said that's fine, but 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 let's be aware. Uh, yeah, I and I would share with you, uh, in, in, I've had marketing teams with multi-million dollar budgets. It's one of the hardest things to measure the return on. Um, and Scott will understand that as well. And so you measure, sometimes you don't measure things like dollars, you measure clicks and you measure ads and articles written about your town. And uh, you can have promoter scores that are getting more positive about experiences. So you have to measure things also beyond dollars. Um, we're going to go to Councilmember Sobieski and then to John Duray. I was just going to mention, as observing the conversation, that it seems to me that the Venn diagram overlaps between Walt's um, thorough analysis and request for data and Cass Green's lived experience running a hotel in town, that there might be a way um, to uh, really be profitable on this investment. Uh, it all depends on what the intention is, and it kind of goes to Scott's uh, and the CDA's outline of their objective. If, if it's aligned with what Cass was really talking about, the low-hanging fruit is, you know, Cass's hotel, the Kirk Pickle Cass donates, donates, pays a million dollars a year in tax, a million dollars, and that's with their shoulder and winter seasons being only 30% full. So just a swag of an order of magnitude suggests that if a marketing program succeeded in filling the hotels in the winter, uh, that that would actually be substantial money, that you could really talk about hundreds of thousands of dollars in extra tax if that was successful. Um, so that's a potential, but the, the devil's in the numbers that Walt's asking for and looking for, and it seems like a, a swag of an analysis to show 
that benefit, you're not going to squeeze more blood out of the tournament. And if you're full capacity in the summer, I think everybody would see dollars spent on attracting more visitors in the summer, on a particular kind at least, as not being incremental, whereas in the winter it could be very dramatic. So that's a just waving words, the, the devil's in the details, but in terms of what the scope of the marketing objective is, is it to attract visitors in the to our um, fall boat show and our our January uh, bait shop bait uh, fishing festival, uh, or is it to um, drive more people into the summer? And that, and that could be an important distinction. I think our new strategy is just to market Casas Hotel in January and February. Judge <laughs> <laughs> uh, You said something interesting uh, that if this program were to drive businesses into the marine ship, it would you know, help uh, its success tremendously. Well, I, I, I'd like to ask Kevin if that's part of the plan. Um, what I've been hearing up to this point is that the plan is to drive high value visitors to Sausalito. And I'd like to know if, if that is part of the plan to drive businesses to the marine ship and if their group has done that in the past um, because obviously that's not about tourism, that's a whole different animal. Um, and I think it would be great. I advocated that, you know, two, three months ago when we talked about this, but I've not heard anything in that direction. So uh, open question to Kevin. Yeah, I think that's a great question. It comes down to that's, that was part of the initial scope, right? Was we were looking at three audiences as part of this plan, visitors, locals, and prospective new businesses. Um, the in terms of promoting to prospective new businesses that comes down to largely a lot of the work that i understand edac is doing right now uh, and being uh, just plugged in and reactive to the progress that's made and overcoming some of the perceived um, obstacles and like the greater you know kind of greater environment uh, that would attract high value new businesses you know we made some kind of recommendations on types of businesses you might want to approach um, but at the end of the day, it kind of is going to come down to that's, you know, the, the work being done and then we can't, uh, we can promote that. Um, but that is, uh, to answer your question, that is part of the expected, um, scope, but because we don't know what work will be done or when, you know, right now we're, we're, what we're planning for is the stuff where we, we know kind of concretely what we can be talking about. Thank you. And we could, uh, I could definitely give you input on that. Um, okay. uh, your convenience so thank you for that appreciate it yeah okay John, if I, can, I can add on one sorry yes. one really quick thought on that too that's going to be part of what we're doing on the pr side too is promoting some of the work that udac has been doing to simplify the planning code to bring in new businesses exactly. and highlighting that within um the, the local business community business editors in the bay area um, to highlight sausalito as a business-friendly environment to bring in some new uh new tenants into those spaces that we've all been talking about need to be filled in, in various spots around town. Um, and also, as you know, John, there are fantastic businesses in the Marin ship. We wanna make sure that they're highlighted as a part of this and the various um, players that are there to make sure that we're promoting what is happening um, in, in our wonderful town. So that's a really key part of what we have Kevin's team working Okay, so I'm gonna ask uh, the next uh, commenters to be very brief, because I would like to wrap this topic. Uh, and then we have to do public comment and we already have one of public so uh vice mayor thank you this is a great conversation i know we don't all agree but we're not disagreeable because we, what we want to do is shake it around so it's awesome right and so thank you guys for doing that and i think you raise a real walton cast your conversation raised a really good point which is 
who are we targeting? If I remember correctly, in 2019, sales tax contributed 15% to our overall budget. Um, you know, that's, if you want to bring numbers in, you know, if the difference between attracting people who may just buy an ice cream cone or, or a sandwich are very different than the folks that are going to stay at in above tide. Um, and then, uh, you know, Tom, to your point, the people who may, um, you know, bring a new business to the Marine ship or the number of yachts we may sell, um, much different uh, type of return on that. And so I think it's a great exercise to think about who are we targeting? Um, because man, if we could fill all the hotels in the winter, like that would be a win-win for everybody. So I, I'm really appreciative of the conversation around that and the targeted personas. So thank you for that. Don Daglow. Yeah, I was just gonna say very quickly as part of the marketing committee's work from the very beginning, both in the discussions with CBA and with other work that's being done, there's been a holistic link between the idea of attracting more businesses that are clean, that are non, uh, that are not causing in, uh, additional traffic, they're not causing negative impacts in the city, and that do contribute to tax revenues, to sales tax, to other forms of business taxes, to TOT. <clears throat> so that idea that it isn't just reaching out to visitors, but that it's also positioning us to draw the kinds of new businesses we've heard that people want in the dialogues that have gone on. That has been part of the discussion from the, from the very beginning. And Kevin mentioned the fact that, that that has been part of the plan. I just wanted to reaffirm that and make sure it was heard clearly. Thank you, Don. Um, okay, we're gonna close out this topic and we will have our next meeting. In each meeting, we're gonna have an update on just kind of where the plans are and uh, upcoming programs, events, and messages we wanna get out through this investment. So we'll have plenty of time to discuss it. Um, I do want to thank uh, Kevin uh, for joining us and presenting uh, and handling the questions. Uh, I know you work with many cities, but it's got to be hard having 12 different inputs and <laughs> many, many voices of direction. Uh, and it's why we're trying to channel all our work through Scott. Um, but it's great to hear from you directly uh, as well. So thank you for that. At this time, I'd like to go to public comment on uh, the marketing update presented by uh, Scott, representing our our uh, tract subcommittee, and uh, Kevin with CDA. So um, at this time, I see uh, Ms. Sandra Bushmaker, and I will ask Sandra to unmute herself. Hi again. Uh, I'll be very quick because I know it's late. Uh, this was an interesting conversation for me as a member of the public, and I am confused now completely as to the scope of the work of the CDA. And the issues raised by the committee today were kind of all over the board. My recommendation uh, is that you have a continue this matter for another full discussion at another EDAC meeting and so that the public can get a general idea, a more specific idea of what's what's happening. Uh, I'm interested in a clear um, statement of the scope of work for this 24 month contract, which is the first time I've heard of it as well. Uh, first time from, from the uh, CDA and the ob objective results that we are seeking with this contract, measurable object objective results and the cost and analysis of the cost benefit as was raised by several other the speakers today. So those are my points. I, I think that if this went to the city council right now and I were still sitting on the city council, I would vote no because of the lack of this clarity. 
So I think it really would help the effort to clarify these things, to get more consensus in the uh, EDAC on the focus. And there's a lot of new members on EDAC since that first RFP went out. So I think bringing the whole committee up to speed would be in order. All right, thank you very much. Uh, and I will comment back on what Sandra just shared. Um, coming into this meeting and hearing this for the first time, yes, I would have the same view as you. Um, however, we have been in discussions with CDA. Uh, we have had discussions at EDAC on this. Uh, and this is, our intent is to have monthly updates at our EDAC meetings on this marketing program that's been uh, a lot of consensus building and a lot of alignment for 18 months. Um, and we've had a subcommittee assigned uh, reviewing and refining and making adjustments. I uh, reviewed that with EDAC and public forums. And so uh, a bunch of this has been done in the past. Um, and so, okay, with that, let me see if there's any other public comment. Uh, Don, I see you have your hand raised. Do you have a public comment now or is that a member comment? No, that's a leftover hand raised from my prior comments, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, yes, Julie. Sorry, Tom, I had to leave for a minute. Um, I just wanted to let everybody know what the chamber is doing with Visit California. And we haven't received the funding yet from the city because it just got approved. But the road trips guide just went out. So we have that that has gone to print and that roadmap has gone out. We also have this week going out a newsletter from Visit California that highlights Sausalito. So that will be going out from Visit California to all of their contacts. So we have some things going out right now that are advertising Sausalito. Um, and then we also will have banner ads up on visit to California as well that will be starting within the next 30 days. So those things are already rolling. So we do have some, you know, we do have some advertising out there right now. Um, we have two other things coming up as soon as we get the funding from the city that was approved. We are going to uh, really concentrate on social media through visit California. So that is another piece of the pie that advertises and brings in. So between the two programs, how are we gonna how are we gonna know how people found out about Sausalito? Are we gonna know it was coming through Visit California? How do we know it's coming through CDA efforts? Um, or are we just gonna keep track overall and and add it together? Because really the money that is spent on the Visit California should be added into this as well. So in other words, we have $82,000 that we're spending on advertising as a whole over the next 365 days. So I think that needs to be taken into account as well when we're talking about return on investment. Yeah, so I think it's very clear that we have to come up with a way to track and measure the returns uh, of these investments. Um, because as was shared earlier, I think by Walter, you know, if, for these things to really work, you have to go beyond two years. These are long terms. And so if we're going to renew a contract out there, we better have the justification. Uh, and Julie, thank you for the great work with Visit California and the great collaboration that we're seeing with the city, EDAC, and CBA. 
Um, and it's great to see the city joining the chamber. Um, so all good news. Okay, um, just to kind of wrap up our meeting, we took public comment on that item. Um, next item is just future agenda items. So here's what happens. In the next two weeks, I'd love to get your input. Uh, I go to uh, our council liaisons uh, and our city manager with a recommended agenda, get their input on our next agenda. So at this time, it's just, uh, I'd love to hear from you on any topics that you'd like to recommend for the next agenda or a future agenda. Or you can send them to me in an email individually. I'll just mention maybe Councilor Sobieski has more clarity on this, but um, the mayor did assign us to review the parklets. Um, but uh, in full disclosure, I, I know that uh, CDD is coming up with a plan. So I'm not sure if we'll be generating uh, feedback prior to that, but I welcome feedback from EDAC on, on that. Uh, and on that, Vice Mayor, um, we had an update from Teresa Ancona, who chairs our recovery subcommittee, that she'll have a parklet recommendation presentation uh, in the next month. Perfect. So, um, yes. Other items? Okay. Um, our next meeting is currently scheduled for Monday, September 6th. Once again, it falls on a holiday. Um, I'd like to recommend we slip it one Monday to September 13th. Um, would that seem to work for everyone here? One thumbs up. I think um, September 13th might be a Jewish holiday, but um, feel free to proceed without me. Um, I'm happy to move it to September 14th on a Tuesday. We have a council meeting. Okay. Oh. Uh, would September 7th, a Tuesday no, work? Forgive me, September 13th is, is just fine. I just picked up my, at my dates. Okay. Um, anyone want to speak up if it's in the negative to September 13th? Excellent. I'll recommend that we do it at that time. Um, th thumbs up from Julie. That's all we need. Then uh, <laughs> um, with that, um, we, I, I apologize. We didn't have on our agenda council liaison updates and chamber updates. Um, I should give our liaisons an opportunity to provide updates if they have specific updates before we adjourn. Nothing, <clears throat> nothing Chair Riley. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you, Vice Mayor. Julie? The only thing I have is that our grand opening was a success. And we thank everybody that was able to attend. And we're moving forward. Um, we're taking one step back tomorrow with with the mask requirements that came out from the county, but we're still we're still moving we're still moving forward. Thank you and congratulations, Julie. Uh, the, Chamber storefront is beautiful. Okay, with that, our meeting is adjourned. I thank everyone for a very great discussion. We covered a lot of ground. I look forward to our next meeting. And of course, all the subcommittees that are meeting in between, thank you for your hard work. And uh, it's, great to, uh, it's great to partner with all of you. I wish you a happy August. Thank you, Sam.